part right, now that, that we do have to edit out but it's yeah. it's worth it for the bleep just to leave it in what's up what's up everybody and welcome in to the important nonsense podcast for a little bit late 8 30 2018 heading into week four of the preseason i am neil smithy smith joined by my co-host this time Steve Bottom. Tell them how you're doing, Steve. Uh, terrible. I hate being on this side of it, so this is awful. Uh, that's right. You may have noticed if you actually listen to us regularly that today I'm going to drive. Steve's a little bit under the weather, and uh, he's turned the key to the car. See? And that's how you crash it. That's Uh-oh. how you crash like the car. The sound of that. There you go. So we are going to switch chairs for today. And, and you know what? We're going to dive right in because we have a jam-packed show for y'all. Let's do some news. That was the drop cue. Uh, I mean, we haven't been doing a news drop all preseason. Oh, I, never mind. My bad. I thought, no, no. And don't edit any of this out, by the way. This is what <laughs> happens when the show meeting gets cut short, by the way, folks. And uh, uh, clearly, I, I don't know. This is what happens if your first time driving. You, you scratch the car. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Without further ado, the news. So unfortunately, Steve, we gotta pour one we gotta pour one out for your friend and mine, personal friends, Marquise Lee. Done for Bolitnikov the season. winner. Bolitnikov winner, to use his full title. Marquise Lee. Out for the season with a torn ACL. Just brutal. Absolutely brutal. <sighs> Moment of silence. That's a shame. Now we're going to pour one out for one of your perennial fantasy favorites. Julius Thomas officially retired. Do you mm. do you want to do another moment week. of silence, Steve? Rough week. Yeah, rough week. <sighs> and then we have to do one of my perennial fantasy favorites. Eric Decker. Also retired officially this week. We lost a couple of big losses for the fantasy community here. Yeah, with uh, Marquise and Julius, I mentioned both of those on Twitter. Like, Marquise had made me sick. Not only seeing the injury, but actually knowing who it was. Just because I've been on, we've been on that bandwagon together for so long now, and this was the oh. year that it was going to pan out. Two years. Oh. Two years we've been talking about Marquise Lee, and finally it's all going to come together, and he's going to actually get a meaningful role, and it all just gets ripped away because of preseason. It's such a, I don't want to go on this whole rant about, why the preseason needs to change, but that's part of it. It's definitely part of the rant, just that whole situation. All right, moving on. Moving on. Meanwhile, quick hitter. By the way, Hayden Hurst, the rookie tight end, which we always say, you're playing with fire with that anyway, is going to be out three to four weeks with a fractured foot. Just pick him up off waivers if you're interested. Meanwhile, in peripheral, fantasy news teddy bridgewater was traded to the saints in a fascinating fascinating career for teddy bridgewater which we don't have time to get into here uh unfortunately he had a very small chance of being fantasy relevant this year this pretty much cements that he's going to be the backup just for this season but i wanted to ask you steve before we spend a huge amount of time on it do you think he's the heir apparent to breeze it's a one-year deal so I mean, I don't know what they're going to possibly see. Yeah, it's... I think more than anything, they want to give Breeze that ride off into the sunset championship like Manning, and they saw what happened to the Eagles last year, and they wanted to have a competent backup. 
Okay. That makes sense. You just spent a third round pick to do it, which is why I was wondering if that's, if you saw it as something that might be a more long-term type of thing, if you're willing to pony up a third rounder. I mean, I don't know. They could extend him. There's nothing, nothing saying they can't. If he likes it there in the organization, sure, why not? It's just, I'm pretty sure when Breeze goes, Peyton is going, so then it's a whole new system anyway, so then, I don't know. What is he really that's, learning? That's, that's probably a very good point. I say we just cap that there because it's not really a fantasy conversation anymore. Let's roll it on. Meanwhile, Alshon Jeffrey expected to miss the first two weeks of the regular season. And least, who could have seen that coming? <laughs> at, at least. At least the first two least. weeks. At least. If only someone could have warned you. You know, if only someone took the time and trouble to get on a plane and go to Texas and listen to Stefania Bell weeks ago. Explain that this could happen. <sighs> Thank you. You know what? Thank you. Thank you. You didn't need to drop that. I could just do that for you. Yep. Uh, we've mentioned it before, and I'll just say it again. I don't care how far he falls. The best part of his schedule was the start of the year, and there's just no shot that either one of us are going to be interested. Steve, I believe you have a note about adjusting him back in the ranks. Do you want to share with the people? Yeah, I moved him down from 26 to 36 because with him losing two games of projected points, that's just how far he fell. I didn't even move him in a tier. He was already in tier four for me, so that just adjusted him down to 36. So that's back-end wide receiver three, high-end flex, depending on the, the structure you play in. There you go, and I, I co-sign that completely. It's just not something – not a knock on the talent. It's just this seems to be like a – it's going to be a – a troubling year to try and want to deal with this. Meanwhile, uh, by the way, in uh, other injured wide receiver news, uh, Doug Baldwin says his knee injury will quote need to be managed all year. Injured wide receiver was the theme of the week. Pretty much, actually, that's pretty concise. <laughs> uh, it is concerning because he is a top-flight guy that you'd be relying on. But, however, I personally. Still like the production he can bring. I know you still feel relatively high on him, but we always see him a little bit differently anyway. I'm usually perennially higher on Doug Baldwin than you are anyway. But did you lower him? Uh, yeah, I dropped him. I had him at 11, so he was my back-end wide receiver one. He went down to 19. There you go. And and it's because the difference, again, it's the same thing with Alshon, where he was in that third tier and Alshon was in the fourth, and just in that third tier everybody's so clustered that when you uh you adjust down his fantasy points by like 15 points for the season basically one point a game he uh he just adjusted down to 19 he's still a solid wide receiver too if he's my number two guy off the board i still feel decent about it no if you're you could do a lot worse than having that as your wide receiver too and especially because i think what you might see and luckily that's where his adp has basically been all year anyway so correct and what i think you might actually see where i was going is I think with this news, this might be something that could cause him to fall a little bit as we head into draft weekend here. Sure. So you might actually be able to get some value picks on Doug Baldwin. And I'm I'm so I'm not you're against telling that. Me there's a chance. Exactly. Meanwhile Again, theme of the week. Adam Thielen. <laughs> also dealing with a knee injury. I got to tell you, I'm a little bit less concerned here. Uh, I could see why I believe you adjusted him down slightly. Uh, I'm not overly worried about it. I think they'll manage him throughout the season. And frankly, 
I love him so much he could be hopping around on one leg before I'd be like, no, you can't do it. So anyway, but did you you actually seem to have lowered him below a couple other people? I had him at ten, and he was kind of clustered there with Golden Tate and T. Y. Hilton. I just moved them ahead of him now, so now he's at wide receiver twelve. Still a wide receiver one. I still want him more than Diggs, because Diggs will give you the touchdowns, but I get the consistent catches from Thielen. It's less of a headache, so that's why I prefer Thielen still. Makes total sense. By the way, we have more wide receiver news. Meanwhile, Josh Gordon will not start in week one. That's a cleverly worded piece of news there, Steve, as I think you've also picked up on. Yeah. Do you want to explain to people what the difference between start and play is? So see, in the NFL, when they say you're not starting, that means you won't be in on snap one, play one. But he could be in on the second play of the game and play literally every snap after that. So just because he doesn't start doesn't necessarily mean he won't be on the field. Correct. Not starting is not the same thing as deactivated. Meanwhile, by the way, we weren't done with the news. Uh, Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore apparently are reported to be splitting the starting job. <laughs> if, if, yeah. if that didn't make it worse from what it already was, you got big play guy Kenyon Drake who needs those opportunities to hit a home run and Frank Gore, human carry machine. <sighs> I got to tell you, even with a full workload, I don't know that I want either guy um, – do you feel the same way about that? And do you think you could split them on top of any kind of production load? Since then, Gase has said that Drake will get 15 to 20 carries. So he'll probably get a heavier workload. Frank Gore is a guy I've been looking at in like the 13th, 14th round of drafts because the dude just has Vulture written all over oh, yeah. him. Oh, it yeah. might as well just say Vulture on the back instead of Gore. I don't think he should wear a dolphin. I think it should actually be a Vulture. <laughs> There you go. On the jersey. That would just make it simple. And I agree with that. If he was my, like, fourth, even my, I'd say my fifth running back, I'd feel pretty good about that if I got an upside guy somewhere in there because he's, it's Frank Gore. Watch him end up with the year with 750 rushing yards against all logic and what, six, seven touchdowns? Five? He will accidentally fall into the end zone at least a handful of times. Yeah. Like, just, and, that, and he's just going to, it's and just enough this? value. You want, you want a shot injury. call? I'm going to shot call Go. this right now. That because of Kalen Balaj being there and mixing it up too on the passing downs, because he will get run on the pass downs. That's what he does. He's the pass catching back. Because of that, I will bet you that Frank Gore has the most rushing touchdowns on the Dolphins this season. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, I think Vegas might like that bet, but I don't. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting that one right bet. there. I, I uh, that's a good shot call. No, I might take that uh, if I was if I was you going to Vegas. I will not be taking that board bet against you because I do not. <laughs> I do. I value. I value uh, my winning. Frankly, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> betting on things Fair. that are not <laughs> that are going to happen. So it's a it's an interesting situation down there in Miami. <sighs> what a mess. I think that I think that should do it. Oh my god, we actually got all the way through, through the, news the news in a timely manner. By the way, hey guys, Fantasy Football Evolution is back for 2018 and better than ever. You spoke, they listened. They've added mock drafting. Move the championship final to NFL Week 16. 
and made setting up a pri- private competition a snap. Join Steve, myself, and thousands of others to play the game you love as it was meant to be played. FFE's unique three-stage format delivers the best of season-long fantasy football without the never-ending drafts, late-season late absentee ownership, and waiver-wire antics that can develop in traditional leagues. You can play as an individual or be the commissioner of your own private league. You'll also get 16 weeks of action for just $27. You could be the next FFE $25,000 champion, and don't forget about the state contests, Maximize your chances of own, maximize your chances of buy of winning by owning multiple teams. There's an optional auto draft and lineup assist that can help you manage every team with ease. It's all here. What are you waiting for? Register now at fantasyfootballevolution.com. Fantasyfootballevolution.com and join the evolution. Availability varies by states. Visit website for details. Enjoy the event because it's not a show. I can still see Holmgren down there going, no, yeah. Okay, so the, the rumor is true. We just traded you. The best place to be is when expectations are high, and it starts with training camp. Hard Knocks Review. Hard Knocks Review. Episode before the season finale it's almost over can't believe it's almost over so sad this has been one of the better hard knock seasons of uh of late it has it's been fun been a lot of fun so in this week of like sands through the hour (laughs) the fantasy (laughs) the football soap opera that it has hard knocks rolls on Steve, did you happen to notice that it looks like Jarvis Landry has decided to bless Callaway with his mentorship? Yes. Do you think Todd Haley was just shedding a single tear somewhere in the background? No, because if you saw later in the episode, he was yelling at him to mentor the other guys, too. So. <laughs> well, Larry Fitzgerald would. Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah. Nice job, you f- kicker! Nice job! <laughs> That's right, human drop machine, Todd Haley, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Somehow one of the better parts of, of never would have guessed that going into Hard Knocks. Yeah, no. Todd I, Haley, I very little being about. a highlight. Yeah, it's great. Speaking of highlights, as I was telling you yesterday, I feel like Hugh Jackson is a really nice guy who might just be slightly in over his head here. Uh, so... What did you make of his no first team for Baker unless something happens comments? Uh, that Hard Knocks is the king of foreshadowing still? Okay. Well, yeah. Beyond beyond that, <laughs> I meant more from a football sense. But yes, yes, still the king, undefeated, never lost. Uh, I think it shows that he's learning because we saw what happened with Deshaun Kaiser there last year. <laughs> All right. You know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. Let me just shove so this rookie right into the fire. Yeah. Oh, God, that didn't work. The rookies will get you fired approach of we need a veteran <laughs> guy type of thing. Got it. That makes Unless sense. Unless your GM's John Dorsey, and then nothing can get you fired, apparently. Sure. You can do whatever you want. Chew an entire pack of gum. Well, yeah, that's foreshadowing. Speaking of foreshadowing, as Steven mentioned. One in 31? One extension? <laughs> get in here. Get <laughs> right now. 
he needs his brain. Otherwise, he's just going to float around forever saying, do what now? Do what now? Speaking of foreshadowing, Tyrod Taylor did dislocate his pinky, as we all saw on live television, because it was the only game that night. Uh, and then he returned to the game. Week three preseason. You dis- It was his non-throwing hand, so there's that. But it was even more impressive on the show to watch them throw him a football, and he, like, caught it, winced, and it's like, I'm good. Mommy! I mean, you want to talk about an Iron Man. Like, not a big guy. Takes a huge whack and just goes right back out, lands weird. Eh, he's fine. That's... And you know what? That's true, too, because my initial reaction to that was, wow, he's a true gamer. The guy goes out there, puts it all on the line. And then the more I've thought about it, it's, you know what? If he doesn't, he knows Baker's taking his job. That, too. That's also so, happening. <laughs> it's not like there's Nathan Peterman uh, sitting behind him that's anymore. That's also happening. Yeah. That's totally a thing. You got to go out there to keep the job, which, unfortunately, has been his entire career, even though I think that's kind of unfair. But, unfortunately, so is life. Right. Speaking of Baker Mayfield, one of the things I found absolutely hilarious was his complete just a he didn't know and it was so crushing to him when he realized what his teammates explained to him in the huddle that the browns have a drum line and they don't have cheerleaders <laughs> he looks so sad so angry you want to hit the little puppy oh i got that on the backup drop board oh the backup well this is why usually steve drives because he's got the drop board <sighs> well sorry folks don't worry, right. leave all this in. This is great. This no, is no great. we'll leave all this in. Leave all this Gold, in, because this Jerry. is usually the stuff that gets edited. We'll just leave it this time. That's fine. That's fine. Roll yeah, it yeah. on! The other thing that I found genuinely hilarious was, will you sign my baby? Right, it's so Cleveland. <laughs> just yeah, sign this shirt and the jersey and the baby. Yeah, get the baby. Get the baby shirt. Yeah, just... And you could see you could see Tarod's face. He's like, oh, great. Oh, yeah. God, I don't want to do this. I, I feel like also at some point what would have been even more Cleveland that they, even HBO probably had to, had to edit out was the inevitable, like, fat neckbeard guy that showed up was like, will you sign my d-? <laughs> I guarantee you that happened at that Target right, now that, or wherever that they were. we do have to edit out, but it's yeah. it's worth it for the bleep just to leave it in. Yeah, that uh, probably had to get edited. But yeah, that I feel like that happened at least once, possibly twice. Like they might have had to remind you about this being a family podcast. I'm the dirty uncle. Like we all know. <laughs> but if you haven't seen that, it is genuinely hilarious to watch the look on Tyrod's face when someone says to him, "Will you sign my baby?" Because it's a mix of confusion and disgust, and then reluctance. Reluctance, and he just does it, and it just. It, <laughs> didn't look like he was really that happy by the way this almost gets into real football news michael kendricks he looks like a genius when he breaks down the <laughs> the eagles on hard right, like hbo made him look so smart and then you find out the next day he was too smart a little bit too smart for his own good michael kendricks was not even indicted for insider trading the day after hard that hard knocks episode he pretty much pled guilty and yeah that Boy, to get nailed on insider trading like that, I don't know the full story, do you? I haven't seen the details. I no, want to know what he right. did. That's more fascinating to me than him breaking down the Eagles. I mean, they portrayed Just that him he smart. made like $1.2 a couple of years back. Yeah, I just I don't know what it was on or how he did it, and I, I can't wait to see how that all shakes out. feel bad for the guy because it's obviously 
that's not good for him. But, you know, <laughs> man, talk about a big swing playing in the NFL. So you're probably going to federal prison. Yep. That's that's a big life comes at you fast. Say hi to Martha Stewart. But at least he won a Super Bowl. He did do that. It's more than Aaron Hernandez can say. Yeah. He can always keep that until the uh, they come to garnish his wages and take his ring. Uh, <laughs> just total, total nightmare scenario. I can't. Uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be a tricky one. But I think for me the highlight was the rookie talent show. Would you not agree? Oh, for sure. Just the three segments on the rookie talent show Bless were all excellent. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and as I referenced earlier, if you've been watching Hard <laughs> Knocks. You may have noticed that John Dorsey seems to love to just chomp on gum every minute of every day. I think he might actually sleep with like gum. Do you? I, do, okay, so I have John Dorsey sleeps with gum in his mouth and a hat on. Sure. Like I, I have that. That's 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 my. Those are my Vegas bets that I want action on. Can I prove that John Dorsey sleeps with a hat on while chewing gum? Because I think he might. It's every time I've ever seen him, he's doing those two things. And I love the Baker Mayfield thing where he just keeps saying, it's cool stuff. And just puts another piece of gum buddy in. Buddy boy. Chew- buddy boy. Yeah, buddy. Until he's chewing an entire pack of gum. <laughs> Apparently, John Dorsey did not think that was as funny as I did because it's spot on. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, it's hysterical. He nailed it. And then, Steve, I know for you, Caleb Nassib trying to explain compound interest. Carl Nassib, how he was Carl, going to yeah, make sorry, fun of him. Caleb. Carl. And it yeah, was uh, Baker Mayfield again going after Carl. <laughs> when I combine my income with Taylor Swift's, that becomes $25.7 million. It's just – it is one of my favorite moments is him trying to explain compound interest to people. It, 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 yep. is, a, it is a fascinating example of just financial literacy that we don't have time to go into here. But uh, for me, the biggest highlight of the whole show, and I think this is probably undisputed oh, between the two of us, the, the wide receiver – dub video, frankly, of the Jarvis Landry mm-hmm. speech. The response. The response. From the wide yeah. receiver room. Yep. The bad lip reading version of the <laughs> Jarvis Landry. Bless him. Where they just keep saying the same phrase over <laughs> over and over. It's contagious, bro. It's contagious. Contagious, bro. It's contagious. And the guy catching the ball on the cart and then driving yes. him into the end zone. That was great. I don't care if you got two broken legs. You need to be out there catching every pass with one hand, just like I do. It's contagious. Contagious. <laughs> just all. Oh, that was amazing. And I, I appreciated that they, he actually seemed to get it and was laughing and really had a uh, a good uh, a sense of humor about yeah. the whole thing, frankly. Yeah. So, uh, like we said, this has been one of the best seasons of Hard Knocks that they've done. And I'm really looking forward to next week, which is cut down week. So unfortunately, some of the people that we've grown to like are probably going to be gone. Yep. That's how it works. Yep. So unfortunately, unfortunate. One more episode to go. Yep. Before we get into an under the microscope, let's get it in a vacuum. You want to get sued? In a vacuum. That's right. In a vacuum is back, ladies and gentlemen. It's back again. 
two weeks in a row. I know we're going to get spoiled this week. Me, myself, <laughs> Neil Smith has broken down his yearly QB comparison article. So it is up now live on the website, just in time for draft weekend. Uh, as most people know who actually listen to this show and read our website, uh, I'm a big fan of waiting on quarterback. And I bet very strongly that if you actually go through the proper exercise, you can actually figure out how to cobble together uh, a decent quarterback and kind of a streamer and kind of run that whole thing through the system. And you'll end up getting the same point value that you would get if you paid way up drafted Carson Wentz, for example. So sure. that's the whole, it breaks down who to be targeting as streamers throughout the season. And uh, Steve, I got to tell you before we move off it, because I really just want people to read the article, your buddy, your pal, your hetero life mate, Blake Bortles, makes a strong appearance in that article. I guess I'll be checking it out then. All right. Yeah, check it out. And with that, for the last time on actual divisional breakdowns, let's go under the microscope. Under the microscope. A microscope is an optical instrument used to magnify objects. Under the microscope. Simple as they are, the microscope is no toy. Under the microscope, into the friendship running zone. Under the microscope. The NFC West. Let, I was just gonna say, you gotta let the you gotta let the guitar solo finish. You always cut the guitar solo <laughs> off. You gotta let the guitar solo go, man. You, you know, the whole point of fading go. the guitar solo is so you can speak over it. So no, it's tr- no. it's a clean See, transition. You've been doing that wrong. You gotta turn it up because that's what the people want. They don't care what we have to say. They're all here for the guitar solos. It's the lighters. All right. Well, then go ahead and get Lame Genie's album. You can that's find right. that online, LameGenieTheBand.com. There you go. And now. Without further ado, the NFC West. First up, the Rams with a bye in Week 12. And let's just start at quarterback. This is Guy. You may have heard of him last year. Jared Goff, maybe? Who? No, not ringing a bell. Exactly. The Goffer. Steve, I think you and I see this broadly similarly. But uh, most, you know, we have you have uh, him at 16. I have him at 17. I clearly hate Goff. Uh, he's, he's just not I gonna... have him at 17. Okay. Well then we both have Goff at 17 ADP and consensus has him at 16. We clearly hate Goff. We're all out on him. Yeah. Totally hate. No, we're pretty much in line with people on that. Do you, are, are you worried about regression with Goff? No. There you go. Neither am I really. So period. let's move right on into running Plus back. He dumped uh, Sammy Watkins. So he's got to get better. Right. How could it get worse? Yep. <laughs> Can't. It shouldn't go. Cooks over Watkins, right? It's got to be. So let's just roll right into Todd Gurley. One of one. Who? That's all I got for you. No, yeah, who? Never heard of him. What? No? Okay. Well, let's go to a guy you may have heard of then, John Kelly. John, John Kelly. Kelly. Oh. So last year you pointed oh, out baby. John Kelly to me when I was doing my college analysis stuff. Yes, I did. And I went back and I looked at tape and I was like, oh my god, this guy's a freak of nature. 
He's a monster that nobody ever saw play because he played at Tennessee. And I was super high on him in the pre-draft stuff and at the combine and everything he did. And I was convinced that if he went to the right situation, a la uh, Miami or maybe San Francisco before Jarek McKinnon signed or, hell, even Seattle, you put him in the right situation where he's going to get a bulk of the workload and he could be a top 10 fantasy back. He's that talented. He is a beast. He was splitting time with Alvin Kamara. This is what I always tell people. I don't know how Tennessee can be so bad every year when they turn over like seven NFL draft picks a season. Maybe that's part of it, but they they seem to just be a factory for offensive line and good running backs. It's like what they do. Yeah, I, I hate handcuffs. I absolutely hate them, but... If I have Todd Gurley, I'm a thousand percent putting my money on John Kelly, because if something happens to Gurley, Kelly's going to go right into that role. He may not be one of one, but he's going to be a legit running back one filling in for you. There's enough heat on Kelly at this point, too, that you are not if the price you would need to pay on Kelly if you played in a fab style waiver system would be so extreme that if you were a Todd Gurley owner you would need to blow a huge chunk of your fab budget to do it later and you'd have to have a really high waiver priority otherwise so i really would recommend one of the few actual handcuffs this year is make sure you take john kelly and if you play in a keeper or dynasty league that's a guy i want at the end of my draft because i'm just going to sit him on the end of my bench and just reap reap the eventual rewards of it okay is that enough have we waxed poetic enough about john no kelly that's for good people? yeah go ahead wide receivers okay i think we've waxed enough Brandon Cooks, as we mentioned before, takes over Sammy Watkins' old job. Uh, he is ADP 22, going at wide receiver 20. And, you know, candidly, I don't really have a problem with that so much. How about you? I mean, I got him at 24. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Like, if you want to go that way, it's right in that I got range, him at 25. Yeah. I'm, I'm really not too concerned. If you want to go a little bit earlier than that, I I to think you're probably going to get pretty close to the value that you put into it. Uh, hey, I think the of, more interesting part is the next two guys. Yeah, this is where it actually heats up. So Robert Woods, who they restructured his contract today a little bit, actually. I think they're trying to clear some cap room for, an, for a deal that is not fantasy-related. Uh, but Robert Woods, uh, ADP 36 going at 34. And this is an interesting one, as you had kind of alluded to. So I'll let you kind of weigh in on where you think Woods will be. So Woods is ranked 36 going 34. Cooper Cup is ranked 34 going 36. So, like, they're in the exact same range, but the public and consensus see them slightly different. I personally have Cooper Cup 31 and Robert Woods 32. I'm slightly higher on both of them. I'm high on the Rams offense again this year. And uh, you, you know my boy. Cooper Cup, he's my guy. Yeah. But I've always been high on Robert Woods, too. And I don't think that he's just going to fade out of this system. So I think if you can get either one of those guys as your flex or wide receiver three, depending on the structure you play, you're going to be pretty set. I agree with that. I think you can't really go wrong with either one. I lean more towards Woods. I have Woods at 30. And I've got Cup at 35. So I'm splitting the difference on on that. Uh I, I don't think you can really miss with either of those if you're if you're going in the range that Steve just alluded to. The reason I hedge slightly more toward Cooper Cup 
uh, and I'll help us by skipping the next one, is because Tyler Higby is the tight end. There we go. pretty much irrelevant. Last year, Cooper Cup led the team in red zone targets. Yep. And, and Robert Woods was second. Sammy Watkins was third. And then Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby, the tight ends, were last. So they, they, they have a lot of red zone targets and opportunities, and none of them go to the tight end. A lot of them go to Cooper Cup. He's that slot guy they throw in there, a la Golden Tate yep. in Detroit. Yes. So that's that's the reason I hedge more towards yeah. that. And we're not even going to really spend time on Tyler Higby, and we're going to go right into the Rams defense. That's how that's how much you should be owning Tyler Higby. We're going to go right into the Rams defense, which we're also not really going to spend a whole lot of time on because they're pretty good. Rated as four, going at two. They have too many issues. Yeah, and they're pretty dominant. Plus, they added more people to be more dominant this year. I'm not going to – Yes, Rams yeah. good. Seahawks bad, and we're on to them next. Yep. Rams good. Seahawks bad. Seahawks bye in week seven. Let's go right into the best running back that plays quarterback, Russell Wilson. Uh, I mean. Thank you. Thank you. Rated it to. The fullback with a strong arm. There you go. <laughs> if Mike Allstock could pass. Uh, yep. <laughs> rated it to. opportunity. Going at four. I have him at three. And the only the only argument for it is it's the rushing floor. I don't feel like we need to spend a whole lot of t- bad O line, got a rushing floor, not the most inaccurate quarterback by any stretch. He's lost some weapons, but they're just gonna have to lean on him more. The only thing I worry about with him is him getting killed. I mean, I've got him at eight. You know I hate Russell yes. Wilson. I'm not gonna spend time on it. My whole point has always been if I'm going to spend a top-tier pick like that on a QB, I want to spend it on a QB. Yeah, if you want to fight with Steve about his Russell Wilson stuff, do it on the Fantasy Life app, by the way, where we are at Important Nonsense. So just come right there, sit right down, and Steve will give you the business. We don't have the time, unfortunately, on the show. Yeah, like Deshaun Watson can throw the ball. Cam Newton can score touchdowns on the ground. Russell Wilson is a running back. He throws (laughs) the ball occasionally. Not well, that's it. End of argument. It's over. Really wrong. If you want to at him, at him <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, let's Nonsense just roll right in. Steve, come get me. Uh, let's move right into what was one of the funniest and just bizarre moves in the entire draft. Pete Carroll sending out you up texts to every running back in the NFL and in the draft, and Rashad up, baby was up. He was up, and he is now in Seattle. Uh, you like that? You like that? So, spoiler alert, I hate Rashad Penny as a, uh, not as a person, but as a prospect. Uh, he's yep. gained like 25 pounds since, uh, his pro day and already broke his finger playing behind a horrible offensive line. And it just doesn't seem like he's going to be ready to walk out there week one and just take that job and to pay the price tag that people are willing to pay right now would be, ADP 36 going is RB 30, and I think it's just too high, and that's mostly because of the guy that I think you actually want, Chris Carson. For the same price tag, rated 35, going 38, I can have the actual starter in Seattle yeah. to, the, to, the, to the extent that that has value, which it does. Any starting running back in the NFL has value. Chris Carson last year in limited work before he got his leg broken looked good. And so far, I've seen Rashad Penny break his He didn't look good. He looked great. Wayne. Yeah, he looks really – he looks solid. Something I would be very interested in at that price tag, much more so than the Rashad Penny that I have to pay more for, that it's very limited in its early days there. 
But if he's on the Eddie Lacy uh, workout plan of gain weight and get hurt, I, I'm even lower on him than I was in the pre-draft process. Yeah, my issue with Rashad Penny is uh, you have to pay right now basically a flex price for a guy that's going to sit on your bench. Now, eventually they're going to give him a shot to take over. His hand's going to be fully healthy. It looks like he's probably going to play week one. But Carson's still going to get the bulk of the workload. And who's to say he can't hold on to that job? The only reason he didn't hold it last year was because he got his leg broken. Right. And Penny's going to take it over maybe, you're hoping, halfway through the year. So i got to hold Penny on my bench halfway through the year, and i got to spend a starting position price on him. I'm not interested. No, I'm, I I would not recommend anybody be drafting Rashad Penny and expecting things for that price. Just don't do now, it. Now, that being said, I got Chris Carson at 39. So I'm lower than him than the ADP, but I have Penny at 41. Yes. Because I hate Penny, and I hate their O-line. Yes. Like, and not only is their O-line bad, their schedule is bad. Yes. And it, it, it's just... There's no part of that I want. No, I have Penny at 43. Like, I don't want it. It is it is not something I am interested in, and I would run screaming from it. And if I have literally any other option, I'm probably doing that. So we're getting into players that actually matter, though. Let's let's move into Doug Baldwin, which we already kind of talked about at the top of the show. Uh, as of this, ADP 15, going at 14. Steve had mentioned before, just to reiterate, that he'd moved him down to 19 because Doug Baldwin has stated himself that his knee injury will need to be monitored and dealt with all season. It's a bit of a red flag. Uh, so as of this, I actually have uh, Doug Baldwin at 17, so I'm still a little bit higher on Steve, but that's historically the case. Uh, yep. I'm willing to deal with some of the bumps along the way for that inevitable 42 that's going to win me, probably happens twice a year. So it's uh, it's one of those situations. It does bear monitoring but we've already covered enough of it. I say we just do the rest of their receiving core quick hitter style. So the other three guys in Seattle that are left after the turnover uh, are Tyler Lockett, who they just extended, Brandon Marshall. Yes, you heard me. That's right. That Brandon Marshall, still there, still selling fake doors. And Jerron Brown, formerly of the Cardinals uh, guy you may remember because of the two Browns. Does any of that do anything for you? Uh, So one note. To, to mention here, a lot of the buzz and rumblings is uh, Brandon Marshall will not make the team. Despite so looking good in the preseason, likely, which is frustrating. He is going to be cut. Yeah. Uh, I have Lockett at 82 and Brandon Marshall at 98. And a lot of that is a factor of their two projections pushing against each other. That there's only so much work to go around. If they just extended Tyler Lockett... And if they're cutting Brandon Marshall and now all that projected workload's going to go on to Lockett, he's probably going to go right in that range that uh, ADP currently has him at, at the back end 50s. It's a guy that's certainly worth a shot, especially if Doug Baldwin is talking about having to maintain a knee injury all year. Yes. Because then there's a possibility at some point that Tyler Lockett becomes the only pass catching option in Seattle. Which is a little scary because they might just triple team him at that point. Because behind that, as we move into tight end, Jimmy Graham is gone. And in his place, they have Nick Bennett, 
and Ed Dixon. Yeah, people drafting Ed Dixon on name, neither one are interested. Yeah, really low rated and justifiably so. These are players that I would try and avoid. I acknowledge that they will have to throw to the tight end, but these are not players I would want to draft. If one of them pops in the season, they will be there for you on the waiver wire. So I would avoid that. Uh, the only other piece on the Seahawks is that vaunted, formerly, Seahawks defense, which has pretty much turned over. So this is, this is a weird one because ADP has them at 11, which bears mentioning because this is how they will show up when you draft. So you will see the Seahawks pushed up a little bit higher. Public has them at 17. I hate going with the public, but I'm closer to the public than 11. I have them, again... I will say the same thing I've said all along about my defense rankings. I have the Seahawks at nine, and that is a function of after you get past, like, defense five, it's all so close in points that it's all just crumpled together and it comes down to schedule. That's defense every now, they don't, yeah. they, they don't have a terrible schedule, but it's just there's been so much turnover, no more Earl Thomas, no more Richard Sherman, no more Michael Bennett. I, I don't trust whatever it is they're throwing out there until I see it on the field. And yeah. Until I do, at that point, I'd rather take a flyer on another one. Or, I mean, at that point, when you're talking about the ninth-rated defense, I'm probably just taking a week one streamer. That's what I was going to get into. And then That's streaming what I would do. the rest of the way. I'm probably not even going to do it unless they have an amazing week one matchup, which I just don't have in front of me. That would be a scenario where I'd want them because I'm just going to turn them over and just deal with that. We're that far down the board already. Let's move on to Arizona. The Cardinals with the bye in week nine. <sighs> Quarterback. <sighs> Sam Bradford, the man who has made so, so much money, could be good, but is just plagued with injuries. Uh, rated ADP at 30, going at 34. The public seems to be out on that, especially given how deep quarterback is. The more interesting yeah, when one you're that low, why would you take him? That's yeah, and the more interesting one in my mind is the counterpart there, probably also part of the reason why Sam Bradford is so low. Nine mistakes. Nine mistakes. Josh Rosen, the man with a hot tub in the dorm room. Nine mistakes. Put it on a t shirt. He's looked okay in preseason. Not amazing, but you know, serviceable. Going 30, uh, rated 37, going 33, so actually one spot ahead of Bradford. Some people seem to be trying to stack the Cardinals QB situation. I get that. It's just not something I would recommend. I'd rather spread that around if I was doing that. Why do I want two guys from the same team with the same schedule? They have a decent schedule, but I mean, I'd rather, and I, I get that it's a value play, but if we're doing that level of value play, why not Bortles and Trubisky? And I'll take the two easiest quarterback schedules that money can buy. Like, it gets into that conversation. Do you do you have any any notes or? I have Rosen at thirty one. I have Bradford as undraftable. There you go. Running back, the man, the myth, the legend, David Johnson. He destroys uh, workout equipment and uh, defensive linemen. Uh, rated as three, going as three. I have zero issue with it. You know, I love David Johnson. Yep. If you want to take him one of one, I don't have an I don't issue. have an issue with that either. He's uh, in that tier. The backup, Chase Edmonds. This is where we talk about the idea of not all handcuffs would be created equal. Whereas we spent no. five minutes waxing poetic about the life and times of John Kelly. I don't want Chase Edmonds. Nope. I don't. In fact, if I had David Johnson, I'd still rather have John Kelly. Yep. It's the same thing as people uh, taking uh, like Chris Ivory. You know what Chris Ivory is. I don't want Chase Edmonds. I, I can find better value 
of another starting running back off waivers or off my own bench yeah. than to hold on to a handcuff. I don't need no that handcuff. There's only a, a couple handcuffs I need, and that is not one. Wide receiver Larry Fitz, father time, all he does is win. <sighs> Rated as 11, going at 15. Look, you know I love me some Larry Fitz. I have a real big soft spot. He was on my do not draft list for years. I've always felt bad about it because people were just paying a ridiculous price tag. Uh, and this might be getting closer back to that. I have him as 12, so I'm not all out on it because I think he's actually going to have upgraded quarterback play from what he had last year because how could you not? It was Yo Gabbard Gabbard towards the end. I mean, like it doesn't really get much more bottom of the barrel than that. No offense, but that's what it is. So I'm I'm fine with Larry Fitz. Uh, let's do the other ones in tandem. Larry Fitz, Steve, anything? Uh, I've got him at 16. I'm closer to the public, but still fine with it. There's just 15 guys I like better. There you go. Everybody else on the Cardinals goes like this. Christian Kirk, Bryce Butler, that's right, the guy from the Cowboys, and J.J. Nelson, who we have seen that movie. So I, I really – Christian Kirk is the highest drafted of those, and he's still going effectively undrafted at uh, wide receiver 70. Uh, that's one where I'm content to let him be on the waiver wire. And if that's something I pick up later in the season, so be it. Uh, same thing with the other two guys. I've seen Bryce Butler play football for years in Dallas. I mean, it is what it is. He's going to take the top off the defense. And JJ Nelson is the same thing. He's just going to take the top off the defense. So I really don't know how this is all going to shake out. And I think that's why all three of those guys get rated so low. Is there anybody in there, Steve, that you feel strongly about at all? Uh, Butler and Nelson are useless. Don't take them. Christian Kirk, I got at 52. There you... Love Christian Kirk. Okay. He's got a great skill set. He's the heir apparent to Larry Fitzgerald. Larry almost hung it up this year. If he hangs it up next year, you're in a keeper league. You grab Christian Kirk at the back end of your draft. You've got a wide receiver, too. Because he just takes over Larry Fitz's spot next season. Sure, because he can play the slot, and he's the only one of those guys that is capable of playing the slot. Makes a lot of sense. Bingo, bango. Ricky Seals Jones. Uh, we've seen him play before, but he is going to have the tight end job to himself uh, this year in Arizona. They're very high on the young man. And rated as tight end 22, going as tight end 26. Um, i got to be honest with you, as a tight end two, I don't hate it. I don't like it's all yeah, they're all kind of the same options. and there's better options. But if you end up with that one, I'm not going to hate on it. It's just that I've yeah. got him at 24. So I'm also not Me particularly too. high on it. So. So, yeah, there's, there's better. Options. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals defense is always an interesting one year on year. Uh, right now, they're actually going uh, at 14 while being rated at 17. So public's a little bit higher on them. Uh, I mean, it's low enough. I've got them at 16. They're in the streamer range. Yeah, they're in the streamer range. I've got them at 13 because I happen to think they've got some choice matchups in there, but it's not really somebody I want to draft. They're more somebody that I think you could stream off and on throughout the year. So that's more uh, where I view the Cardinals. And to close it out, Steve, the last team in the last division, San the Francisco. San Francisco hype train? Hype trains. The San Francisco hype train <laughs> has to go last. The conductor of the hype train this year in fantasy has to be the Jimmy Garoppolo. Has to be. Just Jimmy G. On a rocket ship. By week and week 11, by the way. Thank you. By week and week 11, I'm so distracted by the Jimmy Garoppolo. You and the chosen one! Shooting star with his ADP. He is, man, for a guy who's played like seven games, 
rated QB 13 going QB 12. I don't hate it because I honestly think there's something there, but I've got him at 12. Just be prepared that for the idea that there's no meat left on that bone for you at that price. You're at the ceiling from what I think. I've got him at 19. I will never own Jimmy. You will not. And I, I got to tell you, that's the smart play because that's the hedge. I feel like I'm walking out onto a limb. And I think there's something there, so I've got him rated there. But I've got him rated near the top of what I think his production will be. And I think other people are like, no, he's QB5. Because I've seen that going back and forth on the fantasy app. And, and I'm like, no. Oh, God, no. Like, no, don't do that. I can't deny that there's something there, in my mind at least. The fun thing is, we're going to all get to watch it in real time. Is there anything you want to add on Jimmy Garoppolo besides that you'll never own him in this? That you'll never own him this year? No, if he's my second quarterback and he hits, great. But I'm not going to spend like he's a starter. It's not worth. There you go. Especially with how deep running back. No, I was going to say familiar faces in new places. Jarek McKinnon signs a monster deal for a running back to go ostensibly be the guy in San Francisco, going at at, uh, rated at 13, going at 16, and I got no issue with it. In fact. I know Steve doesn't have an issue with it for a lot of reasons. How much Jarek McKinnon do you own this year already? A lot. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> right now I own him in 100% of the leagues I'm in. There you go. So. There you go. For the record, I have him as 13 as well. Uh, Steve, where did you have McKinnon? 13. Two? Okay. <laughs> and 100% owned. Yes, right uh, just to round out the ranks there, Matt Breida, Alfred Morris. I think Breida is an interesting guy. Definitely would be the heir apparent, but he's hurt, which is why Alfred Morris was he's signed. He's handcuffed and he's injury prone, which is ugh. yes. Alfred Morris, I don't know if if Breida was healthy, he wouldn't make the team. No, he so. would not. I will say this: he, if Breida's going to miss most of the season for whatever reason because he's injury prone, Alfred Morris looked great in the preseason. He ran so much better than I've seen him run in years. That's not really a note for any other reason than my God, what happened? Let's truck through wide receiver and let's just do them all at once. Here's your receiver core for the 2018 49ers. Everybody's track star boyfriend from the Olympics, Marquise Goodwin. <laughs> also father time, second, Pierre Garçon. Dante Pettis, who most people have never heard of, and Trent Taylor. Goodwin, to me, is is the interesting one. Uh, he has uh, been rated at 29 and is weirdly uh, going at 29, which is Weird, because that never lines up that way. It's like Jimmy G. The hype train yeah. is out of control. The hype train's out of control on it. It's a guy who's had one good season in his entire career. I'm not trying to throw hate, but I have him at, like, 42. And it's not that I, I, I think he's just garbage. It's that he's had one good season where he played all 16 games and was, like, competent. And the rest of the time, it's like, is this guy just going to go run track at the Olympics? So I'm not really about paying that price tag for Marquise Goodwin. Sounds like you completely co-sign what I just said. Let's just go in. Goodwin at 39 and Garcon at 30. And the difference to me is the a lot of the hype you hear is, oh, the connection. They have such a connection. Jimmy G and Goodwin, they have a connection. And if, you, you got to remember part of that connection is Pierre Garcon was injured last year. Yeah. Pierre Garcon wasn't there to have an opportunity to build a report. Pierre Garcon broke what I think Garoppolo. the medical term is everything. Just broke everything. Uh oh, I don't like the sound. For the record, I have uh, Garcon at 28, so I think the old man's got a couple more years in him, and he's the possession guy. When he's out there, they're going to work that out while they're on the field. They can't just take deep shots to Marquise Lee all day. 
And uh, frankly, I'm not even going to waste time on Dante Marquez Pettis and Trent one. Taylor. I'm not interested. There's better options. No. Uh, if, they're, if they on. hit, they're on the waiver wire. Tight end, George Kittle. Man, you want to talk about a guy who's talented. Uh, like, just compl- really talented, I think. Just kind of brittle. And it's a limited sample size, obviously, but so far that's what we've kind of seen from him is he gets beat up quite a bit. Uh, I have him at 15, and both ranking and ADP has him at 13. And for me, it's the injury. Here it is. Yeah, I have him at 14. And if there's any, like, hype I would buy off of this team other than McKinnon, it's Kittle. It's it's totally Kittle. Like, Kittle outlasted the quarterback they got with Beathard. Because... People just seem to forget about him being out there. Yeah. Like, people are going for David Njoku before they're going for Kittle. I'm like, what What are you seeing out there out of Njoku? Hard knocks. Other than, yeah, hard knocks. He's a freak of nature. Other than right? hard knocks and the two touchdowns in the preseason and Kittle's hurt. And I think people are sleeping on Kittle. He's a little brittle. I get it. A little brittle Kittle. You know? But I'm. that's not a good nickname. <laughs> he will not appreciate that nickname. But, uh... He outlasted C.J. Beathard, and he proved that he's got hands, and he knows the playbook, and he can run the routes. By the way, Garrett yeah. Selleck's the other guy there, and you don't want that because they're going to make him block. And, nope. frankly, he's at the end of his NFL career anyway. No offense to Garrett Selleck. He's actually had a pretty good NFL career for a tight end that can't really catch and just blocks. We're both high on Kittle, and I think we just closed with the 49ers defense. I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. The 49ers That's defense it. is the reason I like the 49ers pass That's catchers. It. That's, That's it. it. There it is. That and Carlos Hyde is no longer on that football team. That is Finally. Thank is, you. Hallelujah. Yeah, that is – boy, that took years, and Cleveland inherited that problem, but you can't win them all, folks. Exercise the demons. Yeah, absolutely. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Division by division, systematically, in the books. Book it. Lock it. Put it in your pocket. Steve, it's the biggest weekend in fantasy football this weekend. It is. As we close, what advice do you have for the good people out there as we roll into draft weekend? And it is draft weekend. Don't at me with that. We already drafted. Don't at me with that because you're doing it wrong. This is draft weekend. You cleared your schedule. It's a holiday. Labor Day is a holiday. That Sunday is a holiday. Uh, you draft in tiers. If you're PPR, you go wide receiver heavy. Even if you want to go running backs early, I don't I don't care. Do what you want, but you need to get a bunch of wide receivers because they're the point getters. And then uh, wait on defense and kicker, as always. And make sure you go to uh, Fantasy Football Evolution. Sign up, buy your team, join our contest. Get this lucky whitehead yes. autograph. Yes. We cannot stress enough the value of this signed, pristine, unwrinkled lucky whitehead autograph. Valued at at least $6. Minimum. I mean, that's the reserve on eBay. $6. Like, it, you know, it could all be yours. Well, I mean, it's at least like 250 from like the printing and then the cover. Yeah, right. It's worth $6. That's, and as, I, as we close, all I would say is, as I say every year, just wait on quarterback, please. I know it's tempting when that quarterback run starts and people are just disappearing off the board. Quarterback is so deep this year and so malleable. Read my QB comparison article. Self, just shameless self-promotion there. Check it out. Check out everything else we have on important nonsense as you prep. Yeah, QBs and tight ends both. You either want to be at the front end of the run or the back end. You want to be first or last. Like, I really don't want to be in the middle. 
just wait on quarterback, wait on tight end. You really can't go wrong with those strategies. Even if you want to go against what we both believe and go running back heavy, the only time I want to go running back heavy in a PPR is if it's a keeper league and I'm stacked. Other than that, you want to try and get maybe one good running back and then try and build with receivers. As Steve points out, every year at this time, RB2 in a PPR in a straight redraft is the most overrated position in all of fantasy football. Yep. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Dust it off. In the books next week, the final Hard Knocks preview, and we break down week one. That's right. Real, meaningful football. No more preseason. Everybody's going to play. Can't wait, Steve. I'm so excited. It feels like Christmas every time this comes around. It is the first. <laughs> Scott Hansen. Scott Hansen. Scott Hansen. The first Octo Box of the season is a week away. We're we're getting there. there we're go. getting so close to that first Octo Box. Well, for my partner, Steve Bonham, for myself, Neil Smith, find us both on the Fantasy Life app at Important Nonsense. Find me at Nonsense underscore Neil. Find Steve at Nonsense underscore Steve on Twitter. Have a week. Good luck in your drafts. Till next week, just keep up the nonsense. Music for the Important Nonsense podcast is provided by Lee Rosevear, Lame Genie, and try Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.